Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to A Higher Branch and what is our very first episode of a three-part series on beauty and aging. And we're going to be looking at beauty from the inside and out, both physical and emotional. And most importantly, we're going to take a deep dive into face aging and how that makes us feel. This is a topic that is not often talked about. And I will be meeting with three incredible thought leaders, world-renowned, world-class thought leaders who I've found to be absolutely beautiful on the inside and out. And together, the information they will be sharing works synergistically to give you a complete picture on how to take better care of your face. So I'll be sitting down over the next three weeks with the incredible and world-renowned cosmetic physician, Dr. Joseph Hakik. Then I'll be sitting down with Marie Cocciolone, who is the founder of O Cosmetics, which is taking the world by storm. And thirdly, I'll be sitting down with cosmetic nurse and former model, Alex Pike. I found recording this series really eye-opening and insightful, and I hope you do too. So sit back and enjoy our very first recording with Dr. Joseph Hakik. We are recording this interview at the All Saints Skin Clinic in Double Bay, Sydney. Very excited to be presenting this week's content to you because I think it's going to have a dramatic impact on your life. We're going to be downloading some very valuable information. Now, you all know I place a very heavy emphasis on emotional well-being because it drives our thoughts and drives our physiology. And But have you ever considered what the impact of your face has on your emotions. Uh, I believe that it impacts our health, our relationships, and as my guest would say, that um, a tranquil face attracts people. And I think it also attracts success. So we're going to be talking about things like how to take care of your face, uh, the true causes of face aging, and a a whole lot more, including Uh, intervention, because that is something that we should consider. We should not be turned off by some of the things that we see, the unnatural things we see out there like fish lips and Botox faces. I want to introduce you to our guest, uh, Dr. Joseph Hakik. And uh, we have a lot in common, uh, Joseph. Uh, Both our backgrounds are from Beirut, Lebanon. But Joseph uh, is an aesthetic physician and he has a Bachelor of Medicine, a Bachelor of Surgery, and is the former Dean of the Medical Faculty of the Australasian College of Cosmetic Surgery. On that note, Dr. Joseph, welcome to our community. Thank you so much, Sam. Pleasure to be here with you. I'm really excited to be presenting this information because I have not heard any interviews publicly about this space. And We all have heard the cliche, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But I think the number one beholder is the person that looks into the mirror first first thing in the morning. And I I say that because I have a 17-year-old teenage daughter and I can see her psychology for the rest of the... I can predict her emotions for the rest of the day about how she feels when she first looks into that mirror. So my first question is, what is beauty and why is it our face so important to our feelings? Well, um, I mean, God, I can talk about beauty for hours and I'm not going to just talk about beauty because I know that you have other questions to talk about. Um, To me, uh, beauty is about tranquility. It's just about having a balance. 
uh, having a peaceful face that when you look at, it draws you in. Uh, more than really having uh, beautiful features. Yes, to me, yeah. it's just about that peaceful features on your face that draws you in and invite the people that want to really get drawn to you and want to come closer and talk to you and get to know you. Um, I love that because most people are obsessed with saying, I want a beautiful face, but a beautiful face is not necessarily, you know, perfect symmetry. It's peacefulness. It's tranquility. Correct. So there's a connection between your face and the emotions, what's going on inside you. So I really love your approach. That's why I sought you out. And the the more I found out about you, uh, I became extremely fascinated because you have a background in art and sculpting and you see the face you know, as a, as a work of art. It, it, it is, and to me, every face is beautiful. And often with what I'm doing my work, I'm trying to see what is taken away from that beauty of that face. And I'm on the replace what is missing and not to actually get too creative and, and create things that don't belong to that face or to change it completely that people don't recognize the person uh, behind that, that, that face. Yes. So this is very important to me. It's very close to my heart is to keep the identity present and not to get rid of people's identity for the sake of giving them the perfect lips or the perfect cheeks or uh, whatever it is that they, they've seen in a magazine. It doesn't work with me in, in, in this sense. Do you get people that come in with a magazine and say, I want that? Look, I used to. When I first started, I guess yeah. everyone probably being approached by, uh, by these magazines that people come with Angelina Jolie's uh, face and says, I would like this jawline or I'd like those lips. Yeah. But I think as I've established myself in the, in the industry, and not only here, but I mean, I teach worldwide. So people know about my philosophy. People know about my reputation that I would not contemplate these requests. I, I work with people to elevate their beauty. I don't work with people to change their beauty. So for me, it's just trying to find what it is about this individual that is stopping them from becoming a person they're destined to become. And then trying to remove all those barriers uh, from their faces because they look at their face and they're getting messages. I try to understand what are these key messages that they're receiving every time they look at their faces. And I help them to break down through those barriers to get forward in life. Wow, that's very powerful. In in a way, this therapy... Well, it is, you know, Uh, at the end of the day, I'm still a doctor and I practice medicine. So I am counseling people. I mean, the longest time I spend with my clients is in this chair, talking to them about their concerns, watching them look at their face in the mirror, seeing where their eyes are drawn. Uh, You know, sometimes people don't want to talk about things that you're shy or too embarrassed. I'm looking for all those clues in the conversation to really tap into their heart and tap into their mind and understand what it is that they're seeing. And I guess being a doctor, you, you, you kind of have the intuition about uh, understanding where, where all these fears and where all this uh, negativity coming from. And then my job is just really to, through my skills as a sculptor, to change their face yes. only for to actually improve their perception of themselves and not to really give them uh, this outrageous look that people are scared of in the community. Wow, that's, that's really powerful. Um, now, I do want to talk about, um, I want to stay on this, but mm. uh, I, I do want to also talk about the true causes of face aging, uh, the importance of uh, the bone rather than the skin, yes. and uh, lifestyle factors like how the Im- uh, impact of stress, sleep, and sunshine has on face aging, uh, maybe food as medicine, supplements, all those things. But I want to stay on this emotional element of what you do for people because I find it powerful because some people will spend you know hundreds of hours thousands of dollars in a psychotherapist chair or psychologist chair right but you can transform them in 
one session, one two session. sessions in one session. Yeah, one session really See, is. I, I love that because I, I love I love getting to from point A to point B really quickly. You know, we we have limited time on this planet, <laughs> and we, we live in a fast pace. Really, I think. I, I, I started to pay attention to this phenomenon from early days. Yes. And to, to be honest, when I first started doing aesthetic medicine, I got bored. I, I, I've got a history of getting bored with what I do on a yes. regular basis. I can last six weeks in something and say, oh no, I've mastered that. This is too boring. Let's move on. True source of genius. This is what the most genius is alive, right? <laughs> but there was one time yes. where I think um, I just realized the impact of what I do on, on, on yes. my client's emotion. And to be honest, this is what gets me going. It's not really the fact that I can make someone look five years younger or I can make them uh, yes. uh, sort of uh, worthy of being on the front cover of a magazine because I can do that. Yes. It's not, not hard for me to do that. But I think it's just that emotional aspect of the transformation that keeps me engaged and keeps me coming back every day to work to do the same thing to new people that come knock on my door. And, and I look at the same people you know, year after year because we do maintenance program for a lot of our clients to make sure that we keep them looking their best throughout their years, whether or not they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, or even I have patients in their 90s that still come to see me about really? maintaining wow. their, their skin health and, and their look. Uh, but yeah, it's the emotion to me that is most important about what I do. And what is the biggest transformation you've ever witnessed? Do you have some stories for it? Well, look, I, I do. I mean, I do have, yeah. uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, I can try to make it brief because it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, it's probably one of the stories that uh, made me realize that, yes, this is for me. Yeah. And as I said to you, I was swapping and changing. I do things for six weeks to eight weeks. And then I said, yes. no, this is not for me. So I've done every specialty in medicine you can dream of. And, and I've tried it. And I said, yeah, this is good. I can do it. I've yes. done it. Tick the box and move on. Um, at the early days of my career, uh, this lady came to see me. She was a 76-year-old lady. And then I won't say her real name, so not to identify who she yeah, is. Sure. Yeah. But I'm going to call her for the sake of the story, Anne Smith. Yes. So, And I normally just go to the waiting room and say, Anne, please come to my office. And she looked at me and said to me, I'm not Anne to you. I'm Mrs. Smith. And I said, oh, my God, this one's got attitude. But, okay, you know, I'm <laughs> just going to yeah. take her in and just see, yes. listen to her story. Everyone's got a story. Yeah. Her story was that she's been to so many practices. And then she doesn't want to do surgery. She was very flat in the face. She yeah. really looked more than 76 at the time. Yes. And she said, I don't want to do surgery. Is there anything you can do for me non-surgical? And that will make my face better. And I said, mm, looked at her face. I said, look, I can. Yes. And he said to me, are you sure? And at that stage, I'm sitting quite uncomfortable because she's putting a lot of pressure on me. Absolutely. She's got attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's just got this not one smile in the whole consultation. Yeah. And I was tossing, do I keep her in as a client or do I just take the easy way out and just say, you know what, I probably cannot help you. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take this challenge. So I said, yes, I'll make you better. Yeah. But I need to see you three times, once a month. I'll see you every four weeks. And after the third visit, we'll do an assessment. So I did. I brought her in the first month. I did the session, sent yes. her home, came back. And then on the third visit, and she came back for follow-up. So I've seen her three times. She came back for the follow-up. And then when I went to the waiting room and I said to her, you know, Mrs. Smith, please come in. She looked at me in the eyes with a big smile and said to me, I'm Anne to you now. And I said, oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, that was a moment really yeah. where I almost could have cried in that moment because yeah. I thought, I can sense something really shifted in this person. Yes, yes. I can see that she's smiling for the first time. You know, in three months, I never saw her smile. And I thought, oh my God, she's probably coming to complain today. Yes. But it was complete opposite. That came just like a, you know, <laughs> wind That's from beautiful. the wrong direction and hit me in the face. Said yes. to me, you can call me Anne. 
And then I took a picture, and that picture often I share because she allowed me to share it in the magazine. Yes. And, you know, so I, I share this picture with people and they can see the transformation. And it was not the physical transformation that was obvious in that picture. It was just the psyche. You know, like you look at her eyes. She had a smile. She, she had was a, happy. Yeah, she just basically, mm. has, she reconnected with her personality while before she was disconnected with her personality. And I felt that by doing my physical transformation, I yes. was able to really bring back the inside together as well. And all of a sudden, things make sense in her life. Uh, and so that was a moment in my life where I realized, this is what I'm here to do. It's not really it's just about focusing on the physicality, but yes. just to actually understand more about what's happening inside and their heart and their mind and trying to connect everything, you know, through oh, some beautiful. subtle changes that's really that beautiful. I can easily yep. create on the outside. And so we all have Anne Smith to thank <laughs> for your continued thought leadership in this space. Now, your, your patients or your clients, rather, are getting younger and younger, aren't they? Uh, what's the uh, what's the percentage between male and female? Just quickly. Look, at one stage, mm. if you'd asked me when I was still working in the Dallathurst Clinic before I moved here, I had about 40, 45 men to 55 women. Okay, it's a high percentage of men. Yes. That surprises me. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, uh, at yeah. the time, I never thought about it. It was just yeah. a patient of mine that said to me, my God, I've been to you. Every time I come to you, there's only men waiting in your waiting room. Right. So this is what got me really analyzing my database. Okay. That's good. And they were mostly yeah. businessmen uh, yeah. from the CBD uh, you know, lawyers, doctors, barristers, you name it. They were all coming, uh, truck drivers, uh, you, you name it. There was just like, there's no really, yeah. there's no uh, category of people that were actually frequenting all saints. Um, now, since I moved to Double Bay, because we have a medical spa in here as well, and I think we attract in more of a younger generation. So the yes. proportion of men to women has changed. Yes. Uh, and it's more like about maybe 30% men, 70% uh, women. But I think the number of men that I was seeing is still the same, which is just that being diluted by the extra numbers of females yes, that have yes, come yes. forward. So go, going back to Anne Smith then, yes. um, what, was, what was wrong with her face? And, well, uh, so what, uh, and what were the causes of her ageing or face ageing okay. that we well, all need to look uh, out of for? Of course. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I mean, Anne Smith was 76 at the time, yeah. and she really looked quite gaunt in the face. You know, but basically all she was was her skin and, and sunburn because even when you go through menopause as a female uh, client, you, you go through some burning changes earlier than the men. The men will go through some similar changes, but maybe it's 30, 40 years later. So right, and this okay. is why men always look better at 40, 50, when women start to complain about their age. That's because, true. Yeah, I often you know, wonder Men about always that. look more yeah. handsome when they get to 40 because yes. as the changes occur, we mm. accept that that's more attractive because the face becomes more square. But when the women go through the same changes and their face becomes square, that is not acceptable in a society because people feel, oh, your face has dropped, so you're looking more jolly. And in jolly uh, yeah. for a girl, it's not the same as jolly for yep. a guy because jolly for a guy <laughs> makes you look more attractive. <laughs> Unfair, I know. <laughs> that explains. But, but, but this is the reality. Yeah, so yes. with women, they go through bony changes earlier than the men. So with Ann Smith, she had some bony remodeling of her face. So she's lost the bony prominences of her cheeks. Because it's the bone. It's the bone. That influences I mean, our skin. Th there are many layers of aging process. And when I'm yeah. looking at a face, I'm looking at all these layers. So I yeah. need the history. I need really the background, whether or not they've been through an illness, because yeah. that can also implicate uh, the aging process. So we look at the bony skeleton of yes. the face and then look and see how has it changed. I also look at the fatty compartment, which is also include the muscles around it, because we do lose fat in the face. There's fat pads on the face that usually when you're 20, they're full and compact, and there's yes. no shadows between an area and an area. Everything flows so smoothly between yes. the cheeks and the nasolabial fold and the chin. Yep. Everything makes sense to the eye. 
but also you have skin aging. And in Australia, that's, that's a huge. 80% of our skin agents because of the sun. And the sun here is terrible. You know, it's not really designed for anyone who's got uh, what we call Fitzpatrick 1, 2, or 3, which is uh, Irish, English, and then, you know, some are the Lebanese, Italian, Greek. Yes. We, we do suffer a consequence of the sun. If you had a very dark skin, Australia would be a great place for you. Right, but unfortunately, right. we all live here, and then we're yeah. all exposed to the element uh, in, in our environment, and that affects our skin. 80% of that damage is because of the sun. And this is why I think prevention is important. You mentioned that word before. I love that word to actually talk about prevention. Yeah, but absolutely. But for Anne, yeah. was yep, all yep. the layers, all the layers of her face has been affected. The bony structure was affected. She has no fat left on her face. It's all been deflated. And then her skin has already started to become wrinkly and weak. And then there's no elasticity. So to be able to help her, I needed to understand the causes of what caused her problem. Yes. So I can fix the cause and rectify the total uh, look of her face. Because I understood that, I was able to deliver results to her. Beautiful. So what are the causes of that impact the bone, the, the fat and the muscle, the muscle, and then lastly, the, the skin? I mean, I'm guessing with skin, so it's, it's sunshine, with, but let's with, start at with the bone. bone. If you start yeah. at the base, the bone is, the, is, if you like, it's the column of a house. Yeah. So it's what really keeps the, the roof standing there. If the, if the column of the house really disappears, the roof will fall. Yes. Bony, luckily for us, bony changes occur later in life. So for women, that, that could mean uh, if they have a bad menopause that's not being managed correctly, that can happen at 40s or 50s. Right. For guys, it happened much later, maybe at 50s and 60s or 70s right, in some right, cases. Okay. Yep. So this is an aging process that we all go through. And we all go through these changes. We all go through it at a different rate. So some people might age at 50. Some people might not age till 70. And this is why you look at some people and say, I can't believe you're 50 or I can't believe you're 70. Because yes, they've yes. been blessed with that genetic that their bone hasn't really changed. Is it just genetics or is it something that they've done? Is That's it what they're the eating? biggest factor. Yeah. Yeah. The second biggest factor will be really, of course, nutrition is important. Your lifestyle is important. Yeah. How much rest, how much nutrition, supplement you take in. But also if they've gone through any illnesses. You know, a certain medical condition, uh, for instance, cancer, if you go through these things, it can affect your, uh, your, uh, of course, your bones, bone, yeah. bone density. Your bone density, yeah. Yes. So all yeah. these factors can affect it. And this is why it's important uh, for people out there to seek a doctor's consultation the first time they, they go on this journey and not to take shortcuts. Don't go to backyard, you know, because all they're doing is fixing a little tiny bit for you. It's not going to change you. It's not going to change your life. Yeah. All it's going to do is just, you know, it's like a Band-Aid solution yes. for uh, one week, two weeks, and then you're back to, to square one. So a, a medical consultation to me is very important, even though we look at it from an aesthetic point of view, but it's really a medical a procedure. It's a medical consultation. Of course, yes. So it's very yes. important to me. It's a, you know, it's, it's, I, I, don't, I don't agree with people taking shortcuts for these things. It's, it's, it's a, it doesn't help them in the long term. So boning is the first change. Yes. The second thing we do is a soft tissue. And a soft tissue really constitutes of the fat bag, of all the musculature of the face. As you know, with age, we all lose muscle tone. So the muscle become a little bit more relaxed, if you like. They're, yes. not, they're not as full. And also, they become a little bit longer. So, you know, your, fa your facial musculature does not hold you, it doesn't hold, help you to stay up. Yes. So they start to become saggy. But what contributes more to that than muscle is really the fat pad. Now, fat pad, some people are prone to actually be skinny all their life, and they cannot really maintain fat anywhere on their face or on their body. Yes. More so, yes. people that always forever trying to lose fat from their body, the fat of the face is more sensitive than the fat of the body. So they end up yes. losing more fat from their faces. <laughs> now, yes. where yes. I see that often yes. is, and not bony changes, mostly fatty changes in young 
people that are forever trying to get six packs or women that are trying to be flat tummy all the time. That's why you I know. laugh because I took up long distance running a few yes. years ago and I always had this fat baby face that I hated. Right. <laughs> but as soon as I took up running, I started seeing the changes on the changes face. the jowling as you said yes. and i thought oh i like this guy yes but yes. now as you get older you think well maybe i want to go back to that to that <laughs> the and, fact, uh, you know <laughs> well i always yeah. say in this case i said okay you know exercise and it's only going to take you 15 minutes with me to actually fix it up so look <laughs> after your that. diet love that. keep exercising <laughs> come and see me once a year for 15 minutes and we can just keep you looking the same <laughs> but but fat, yeah. fat loss is more important i think in the younger generation that are trying forever yeah. to maintain yeah. a slim slim body, slim look, or more importantly, that six-pack look. Every every man, I think, in the universe right now yes. is aiming for that look. And yes. then that, that comes with a price of losing your fat pad and make you look a little bit, uh, feel like gaunt. Yes, and, yes. And then, uh, but that's the look. Everyone loves that gaunt, chiseled look, as they say. Yeah, on the body yeah. it works, but on their faces, I think eventually yeah. a lot of them start to complain because they can see the dark circle under their eyes. They can yeah. see this big group yeah. that travels in the middle of the face. All of a sudden, their temples sink and they start to look like a 70-year-old person. Wow, uh, yeah. And, you know, like I've taken, I mean, as when I'm teaching, I always take model to my sessions. Once I took uh, my trainer, who was a 36-year-old model, yeah. and then he came on the stage where a singlet, and you can see every definition of his body. Yes. And I, when I asked the questions, what are you going to do for this person? No one in the crowd wanted to touch him, said, no, he's perfect. Because immediately when they look at his body, they say, well, he's got a perfect body, so no one paid attention. To the face, so I said, okay, yeah. lift your eyes up now, guys, guys yeah. and girls. Lift your eyes up. Look at his face. This is yeah. what he's here for, not for his body. Yeah. And so I just showed them that in someone at 35, I could easily put nine mils of filler in his face. Nine mils is a lot of filler. This is not just a simple. Yeah. And generally speaking, we put one or two mils. Sometimes we do four mils. But nine mils is a lot of filler to give to someone at 35. And I showed him that what the, it's this uh, series of exercises or seriously exercising on a daily basis can do to your face. And I was able to rectify all these signs of aging on his face and, and, and then made him look about 10 years younger. Not that he needed to look 10 years younger right, in right, the process. Yep. But yeah, exercise, severe exercise can do that to you. So is any illness. Cancer. What about saunas? I often wondered when I go uh, into a look, sauna, I sweat a lot. Yes, and, sauna can yeah. dehydrate you, but it yeah. doesn't help you to lose any of your fat. So uh, your skin will look a little bit sort of, if you like, wrinkly after yes. the procedure. But once you rehydrate your body, that will actually rectify itself. This is a short Can it be thing. good for you, saunas, for... Uh, Face, I'm not, not look, I'm not phase. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's beneficial. I don't think it's really negative to your face. For your body, yes, you'll feel better because as yes. you increase the heat in your body, you bring in the circulation closer to the surface. So yes, your skin might look really rosy after the procedure. You might yes. look pink in the face, but it's not going to really, uh, I think, improve your skin quality. So what does stress, uh, what role does stress play? Because at the moment, at the time of recording this, uh, having this interview, there's a lot of fear and panic out there. Uh, about the uh, you know threat of a coronavirus and what's going to happen to the world, recession, gloom. Everyone's stressed. Yes. And what I'm noticing is that's a much bigger side effect than any cough or f- fever or oh. even pneumonia, right? You mean, I mean, it's got, it's got two effects, really. Yeah. Stress does increase the aging process because your body will secrete different series of uh, uh, enzymes and hormones in response to stress. You know, your cortisol level is going to be is going up. Absolutely. And then, yeah. so you start, you start, your body behaves differently. When you're under stress, also, you don't tend to follow your routine. Like you don't eat well, you don't yeah. sleep well. 
And then all these things also can affect the aging process. How does sleep impact then well, you know, when your you, face aging? Yes. Well, when, you, when you're sleeping well, okay, yeah. in the middle of your sleep, in the rapid eye movement phase of your sleep, your body secretes all the good juices that your body needs to repair and rejuvenate. Right. When you're right. not sleeping, you're missing out on the secretions of this special hormone that your body needs to repair itself. Yeah, yeah which is why we sleep. Repair, yeah. yeah? Yep. And so when you're missing out on all these hormones, your, your face is going to suffer. Plus, when you're not having a deep sleep, you know, wake up in the morning, you're tired because nothing's working in your body correctly. You need yes. your good sleep. And so it, it, all, it all can affect you. And then chronic sleep deprivation, you look at people that haven't slept, you notice it. You notice Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The fat yeah. doesn't survive. The, the muscles are a bit more lax. Their skin a little bit dehydrated. So it does make you look more tired. Wow. Okay. So sleep is very important. Sleep is very important. We, in previous interviews, I've uh, reiterated the uh, emphasized the importance of sleep as a superpower. So forget about vitamins, forget about even food. Yes, your number I, one I thing agree. is sleep. And to get more sleep, you need to get more sunshine. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. I think sleep is very important, very crucial. With your clients, do you uh, have any focus on um, uh, you know diet, exercise, sunshine, you know the lifestyle factors, supplements, do you believe in those a things? And no, 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 what sort of things should we be doing to prevent? For, for me, besides uh, not exercising as much. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you don't I'm exercise. Joking. I'm a big exerciser. I mean, that doesn't show at the moment. You guys look great. Look great. I just came back from Paris uh, in January. And I think yeah. when I go to Paris, I let myself loose. So yes. when, when I say, but, but when I say I let myself loose, I eat every croissant that comes across my face. <laughs> that feeds the soul though, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's the only time I eat croissant. <laughs> So I make up for the whole year. Yes. Um, yeah. Now the question was about yeah, uh, supplements. Lifestyle changes, for me, supplements, food, for me, yeah. skin health is about three pillars. There's three pillars that affect your skin health. One is your skincare. So yeah. it's just what you put on your skin. Oh, of course. But, yeah, but also topically, yeah. topically but mm. what you also inject in your face. So yeah. this is it's, in my practice. I have three departments, if you like. Yes. I have the department of skin skincare, which is what we prescribe to your skin, what treatment we do for your skin what we inject into, into, into your skin or under the surface of your skin to rebuild your face. Yes. The, second, the second pillar of that for me is, is nutrition. Yes. And then I do work with a nutritionist in, in-house, she's a Wesco, who's an amazing consultant, who does nutrition, supplementation, but also she's a skin consultant. So her background is skin and she studied nutrition. So she knows how to marry the two. And she knows when she sees someone, if their skin condition is worse because of a medical condition, how to fix that as well as address their skin concern right. so they can win. The last yeah. element of that is relaxation. I think very important to me that people are quite relaxed and kind of stress-free. Yeah. It's just no stress. Yes. So this is why a lot of our facials that are designed for this practice here, they have uh, these three three elements yes. are included because before the treatment, we give the people a, a drink or a protein ball. That's yeah. not just a simple protein ball. This protein ball made with uh, ingredient to uh, improve their health. So they might have some probiotic. They have some um, a protein, uh, okay, you know, yep. dietary dietary Collagen. supplement. Collagen, all this. We give them a collagen. Yes, we give them a collagen drink at the end of the procedure. So we supplement everything that we do. Uh, We cover it from all angles, and this is, I guess, why people find us. uh, Why we popular really is because we understand what it is that's making them uh, age or 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 have all these negative consequences. Uh, of living, of stress. So we address all these every time they come to see us. So they don't just have a procedure and leave. You actually make sure that they go with the complete holistic look at... This is like uh, a family in here. I think, you know, when people come here, they feel like they belong. And people say that. 
Uh, and so they feel like this is this is their this is their home and this is their family. Well, it felt like that when I came in. I felt like I was visiting someone at home, and it's it's beautifully done. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and your, this your is staff are impeccable. That was yeah. intentional because yeah. I mean, when you sit in the waiting room, all those books are my books. All the all the object that you find there, they are my personal objects. So I wanted to design it in a way so that people coming to visit me and my team. And then to actually look after them, whatever this is, that means. That's you know. beautiful. And you've sculpted some of these things as I well. Have, I, you're have. A as <laughs> I well. have. I <laughs> have. That's uh, beautiful. So, what are the top supplements that people should uh, get into? Is it recently I, I started uh, uh, taking collagen, for example? Yes. Uh, but uh, is there a vegan collagen? The other thing is hyaluronic acid. acid yes. I'm yes. taking that in pill form, but I understand yes. there's also a topical form of that. Yeah, look, I mean, I you, you get it. Joints, yes. But I, I was told it also improves the skin, right? But also, you've got to be careful because yeah. not everything that we take orally will actually reach your skin. Other things that we take internally, maybe yeah. like a small percentage, get to your skin. Yeah. So, the best way to supplement your skin, if you are the bad eye condition, is to apply it topically. Okay, that's In interesting. My, yeah. I thought it was the other way around, but no, no. Okay, yes, okay. Not, not everything gets to your skin. Like a yeah. smaller percentage reach your skin. Yeah. If it's something internal, yes, certainly orally will work better. Yeah. But even sometimes topical application of hormone will reach your circulation much better than taking it internally because your stomach, the acid in the stomach, break down a lot of the supplement. Oh, so I this see, is why right. transdermal application of uh, vitamin and mineral and, and then hormone, for instance, HRT, the best form is actually to rub it onto your skin. Testosterone for men, the best way to do it is to rub it on the skin, on a clean skin, on right? hairy skin. You get much better absorption and it doesn't affect your liver because you got to think of the side effect, not only the benefit. That's right, the impact on the liver and the kidneys. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I usually what we do in this practice is when Patients that will client to come in to see us, yeah. we analyze their skin. We have a technology called Vizia technology where we look at their skin and understand what is going on. So yeah. it's not just I look at their skin completely and then I make a decision. I confirm that what I'm suspicious of is scientifically uh, true. Yes, yes. Uh, and then once we diagnose their condition, we supplement according to their skin condition. Ah, oh, so it's highly targeted then. Targeted, specific. Yeah. So it's, it's not one, one to one. Fits all. No, no, no. It's yeah. not one to one. I, I love that. So approach, even even us respects yes, the individual. Yes, because I, mean, I always say to to my client, mm. if you come to me and I diagnose you with high blood pressure and I give you a diabetes tablet, what's that going to do to your blood pressure? Nothing. Yes. And so I'm not going to waste their time and their money and their energy on giving them the wrong thing for their skin. Yes. There's a lot of things that we can give people for their skin. And there's a lot of supplement we can give them for their skin. But unless we know what it is specifically that their skin is lacking, there's really no point giving them one size fits all. Oh, so we, yes. we, 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 everything's bespoke. That. Everything's yep. is for the individual. Yes. And then we, we follow that. We, we chase the progress and we modify as we need to because if we fix something, there's no need to keep giving you the same medicine. We, we look and giving you maintenance. And do, do people then check in regularly yes. with you yes. so it's, it becomes a journey for life? Because I think a lot of people are not looking for one-off uh, you know, fixes. They, they're looking for a relationship for life these it, days. It, exactly. Notice. And it's like going to the gym. Yeah. You don't go to the gym for one month and then you stop and you expect your body stays the same. Yeah, good same analogy. thing with your skin. Yep. We need to uh, maintain. You know, yes. If you want to maintain a good look, good healthy skin, yes. you need to actually also you know, pay attention to that, like any relationship really. Yes. You know, if you don't nurture any relationship, the relationship yes. will fall apart. Yes. And your skin is no different. Wow. So on the topic of love and relationships... The art of the face has always captured your imagination, uh, just like it does sculptures, painters, and photographers. 
So when it comes to the two key areas of my framework and people in our community would know what that is, the eight areas of life, one of the key elements is love and relationships and its impact on defining who we are as human beings. Do you believe that the face is the most important feature of the body when it comes to attraction? Whether you're in a relationship or whether you're single, attraction is important, right? Because you can be in a relationship and not attract love and intimacy, right? I have to say yes, 100%. I think it's the face is really what draws you to other people. It's like when you look at someone, you, you might think that you just admire that body, but yeah. really it's not the first thing you notice. And they've done studies on that. They've done studies on when people meet socially. What you really first notice is the eyes and the lips. And the eye will hover on the eyes and the lips before it starts to actually disappear and look somewhere else. Yes. So to me, and then even personally, I pay attention when I go out socially. I do a lot of experiments and just see what I'm doing. I just like try to analyze myself. Yeah. I'm always drawn to people's faces. I mean, obviously, this is an area of interest to me. But even when I'm not thinking about work and I meet people socially, it's just the face that draws me to that person. You know, it's just that, that openness, that peacefulness, that, you know, there's something about a tranquil face that really draws people in, regardless of their features. doesn't yes. matter if their features are big or small. It's just that there's something about each face, you know, and the more tranquil it is, the more attractive it is. So it's about being comfortable in your face, loving your face. And if you don't, then seek uh, intervention. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But um, that's what it's about, really. It's about how you feel about your face. And I love what uh, what you said there about that the face is more important than the body, because at the moment, there seems to be a shift the other way. You know, during the Renaissance, there was a huge emphasis on the face, wasn't there? Correct. And the body was just let go. And then yes, it was yes. after a while, Botticelli, you know, realized the, the curves. But, of, yeah, but look, you know. <laughs> really, this is about true love and true relationship. I'm not talking about lust. I'm not talking about people going to a party and just like have something different in mind or different ulterior motive. I'm talking yeah. about true love and true relationship what really matter and that relationship is the face. So could you say then lust is the body and <laughs> love is for the face? It usually is that case. Yes. You know, people that haven't really got true love in their heart, yes. they will not actually notice a beautiful face, but they might notice a beautiful body. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. That is a They're the one that need help. <laughs> They're the one that need help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay. So how does one know whether they're happy with their face? How, like, what are the telltale signs we have? So many things that stress us out at the moment um, uh, in today's society, whether it's, you know, financial hardship during, you know, times of uh, recession or whether it's kids or whether it's lack of sleep or too much work. How do we know? So, some of the signs or symptoms, if you like, of, of someone's not being content with their face. One, the easiest one is they don't want to be photographed. You know, this day and age with having a, a smartphone in your hand, you think yes. everyone will be taking photos of themselves. Yes. People that are reluctant to have their photos taken either by themselves or by their friends, often there's something stopping them from doing that. The other thing is when they look at themselves in the mirror and all of a sudden, all they start to have this negative conversation. Yes. Oh, I hate this. or oh, I can't stand this. Oh my God, I don't want to see this. And they're trying to hide uh, some aspect of their faces. This, this is some of these simple things that people can often notice that they're doing. They don't put it into words. They're not actually trying to understand why they're doing this. And then immediately they look at their face and they're not happy in the mirror. And then they start to think negative thoughts. So it's about their face. I often, I often thought that they're just shy introverts. 
No, I mean some people are. Yes. Obviously, we can't uh, we can't deny those people because some people are introverted and they're too shy and they might have the perfect face, but they really they have something else to stop them from going forward. That's interesting. Is it that the uh, their shyness and the introversion comes from their dissatisfaction of their face, or is it the other way around? It's but both, interesting. But both are true. Yeah, both are true. I think majority of people these days that I see in my practice are often they look at their face and then neg- get a negative messages from what they see in the mirror. Yes. And then and then they're the people that I think are ideal because you can just if you pay attention to them and fix their negativity, the whole perception of negativity on their face, the rest is easy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That the people that already have beautiful faces and they're already getting negative messages, that could be a condition. Yeah. Okay. Polydysmorphic syndrome. Yes. Because that doesn't matter what you do for those people. Like so so the solution is not in my hand to do the work. The yes. solution is trying to do counseling with them or to send them to a counselor to actually help them see the beauty. What, what the reality of their face, the beauty yes. of their face. That actually there's nothing wrong with their face. And then letting them go on a journey of transforming their face to something that's not theirs is wrong. I love that. It's, uh, that makes you a beautiful human being that, you, uh, that that is your approach because have you had lots of people that come and see you and say, I want this done? And you say, well, I think you need to... You know, at you the know. beginning, yes, yeah. I have. But I think, I, I think I've done a lot of hard work at the beginning to train people. Yeah. Like you've got to train your patients and clients as well. You can't just really just accept everyone to come every time. So you set the rules. You set the, if you like, the expectation from day one. And this way, people know my philosophy and people know that if they, if they, if they come to me, I'll spend the time with them, like the new patients, not, yes. not, not much the existing patients, because they've already heard me say the spill. They, they know my philosophy. They will not come and ask ridiculous requests. Yes. Not from me anyway. Yes. You know, and then if they fit within my philosophy here, they will follow my philosophy and they will always make sure they look flawless and discreet. And by discreet, I mean they don't, they don't look like they've had anything done. This is what I mean by discretion. On that, on that point, one of the things that turns a lot of people off, uh, seeing sculptures like yourself, and I think it's a shame because if you can transform the way you feel so quickly then you should really consider those options. But a lot of people get turned off because they see people, you know, walking the streets with these exaggerated lips and faces that just don't look natural. Um, why is that happening? Is it, the, is it the practitioner or is it the people forcing the practitioner? You know? I, I, I never blame the clients on that. I always blame the practitioner because it's the person doing the procedure that has got the last say. Yes. You know, no one's going to force me to hold a syringe in my hand and to inject someone's face. If I don't believe, or lips. or lips, it's mainly the lips yes. that you see. Lips that and just... cheeks. It's, as we have the history, you know, at, yeah. uh, over the years we had the high cheekbone, and yes. now we have the big lips. Everyone's just having these big lips. It's probably we we blame the Kardashian, but to be honest, the Kardashian lips don't look as bad as what you see on the street. No, they still no, look yeah. natural. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're big, but they're natural. Yes, yes. I, I think I think I always say the end responsibility is on the practitioner. And I think I'm not really sure why they do it. Yeah. One, they might not understand aesthetics. They do it because they only know how to do procedure. And when a client comes and says, I would like to have my lips done, they say, please hop on the bed and they inject the filler like any other procedure. And they don't actually change the technique. They don't change the placement. They treat everyone the same. And they're doing it too frequently. So therefore, the end result ends up being exaggerated. And they're not, tr- they're not actually approaching it from an uh, emotional, psychological perspective. Exactly. Uh, because that's so a transaction. Yes. Because what I yeah. found in the early days, yes. I would treat someone's lips. And I yeah. do a lot of lips, but no one can tell that they've had their lips done. Um, when you look at the lips that I've treated, they look subtle. They look enhanced, but they don't look done. Because you need to respect 
the different structures of the lips. Because you can make something bigger, but you can still make it look natural and real. Yes. You preserve the light and the shadow. So it looks like it's never been touched, like God created this, yes. not, not, not us. We haven't interfered. Um, but when people come to see you after you do their lips, two months or so, they say, oh my God, I had so much compliment. Can I do it again? Yes. It's like, well, hang on a second. This is supposed to last you nine months. So what's the point to repeating it two months or two weeks later sometime? Because their friends stop saying compliment to them. So they're searching this uh, reinforcement from their friends uh, and family. Yes, yes. And they come asking for more. Yes. Now, a practitioner's job to say, okay, let's go through the first consultation. This filler will last you seven to nine months. There is no need to repeat it because your lips are still looking great. The fact that your friends are not saying to you, oh my God, I love your lips. It's because they're used to you now. This is the norm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you don't go and inflate them again because if you're inflating, you ruin what you created in the first place. It's a bit like a drug. Well, it, it, it is know, because you get this positivity from people around you because yeah. you get a lot of compliments. And let's face it, we all we love, we love compliments. Yes. But what people don't know is when they compliments stop, how do I deal with that? So they're looking for something else because there's something else in their life not working well. Yes. And they're trying to put all their energy and all the, if you like, uh, emphasis on, oh, this is the quick fix. Because yes, it, it is a quick fix. We can make someone look pretty yes. good in, in no yes. time. But it's not the solution. So you need to actually delve, just go deeper into that person and try and understand where is this coming from. So it's a double-edged sword. For yes. Some. Yeah. But, but yeah. this is where I think I blame the, ther- the, the practitioners because they need to have that conversation, not take a shortcut and get them on the bed and then do the procedure and take their money and let the patient go out in the street looking ridiculous. There seems to be a lot of new practitioners have just come out of nowhere and yes. have seen this area as an area where they can make a quick dollar. Correct. And correct. It's, it's really uh, destructive, it's, I think. To, and it doesn't honor the art, you know, of it, look, it, this, it is uh, because you're modality. asking, you're asking, mm. I, 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 because I do training, I'm aware of really how many people can do it well and how many people have got no clue. So, because you lecture, don't you? I all lecture, around the world, I lecture yeah. around the world about, yeah. about this procedure and I share my technique because a lot of the technique I perform. Uh, I've actually come up with because early in the days, there's not many doctors that could really just come up with ideas. I mean, the company will give you a product and say, this product does this, and it's yes. up to you to do what you do with it. And then you come up with different technique or where do you use it and what oh, do you do yes. with it? So yes. yep. I'm one of the initial doctors that really started this industry. So we, we all contributed to really what the industry is like today. Right. Um, but when, when these young people come to the industry, they come into it because it's a glamorous part. Let's face it. I mean, it's beauty. Yes. You know, we, we're making people happy That's all the right. time. And so it's glamorous. I mean, who doesn't want to work in an industry where you're beautiful? Unfortunately, a lot of these people that come into the industry, they're not artists. I mean, there's 10% probably that I'd say they've they got an artistic brain. The rest are really scientists. And you're sure they can give you a penicillin injection. But this is not about a penicillin injection. This is about creating a three-dimensional structure on your face. Yes. Now, if these people, they give them a piece of clay and say, hey, give me a square, they could not get it right. Give me a ball, roll it in your hand, they can yes. get it right. But then people are trusting these people to go and then create a very complex structure onto their face and make sure that it fits the size of their face and make sure it looks like it's not being done. Yes. And it makes them look better. Yes. This is a big ask. So it's not that yeah. probably, you know, they're not, they're not, they don't want to do it. The majority of them could not do it. And they're just doing it like a procedure. You know, you drop the price. And then you increase the number of people come to you. And then surely out of these people, some will accept what you the condition that you're under. Yes. So it's yes. And unfortunately, this is this is something that happens throughout all capitalist societies, whether it's perfume that's copied or a Chanel suit yes, or a Louis Vuitton yes. bag. Eventually there are people that'll come and say, let's just capitalize 
on this, make it you know cheaper, faster, lower quality. Yes. But who cares? Because we, we're bringing it to the masses. Everyone has a different philosophy, but it's it's lucky. But the, the bulk of it is really mm. is just that the majority are not artists, and this is really what bothers me because people are being taken down, and then they're being given the wrong procedures, they're being given the wrong product, they're being given the right outcome, the wrong outcome. Yes. Yeah. Um, without the public knowing that you know, hey. This is not what I want. <laughs> yes, yes. Dr. Joseph, I have learned so much and I know that our viewers would have learned so much and they're probably collecting their thoughts and trying to structure it. But uh, I would really want to thank you because I know you're super busy. Allsaintsclinic.com.au. Uh, you have a number of uh, clinics uh, around the place and also on Instagram, it's All Saints uh, Clinic. Dr. Joseph, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Pleasure's mine. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast with aesthetic physician, Dr. Joseph Hakik, and I hope you got a lot out of it. Next week for our second episode for our Beauty and Aging series, I sit down with O Cosmetics founder, Marie Cocciolone, where we unpack the beauty products on the market, the overall industry, and the do's and don'ts when it comes to looking after your face. So please subscribe to our channel or newsletter at ahigherbranch.com. That's ahigherbranch.com to receive the next episode straight into your inbox. Until then, have an amazing day.